Uh, welcome to the Work Awesome Podcast. This is episode three, Discovering Your Career Path. Uh, today I have Megan and Mel with me to talk about this very exciting topic. Um, career paths are what we do for a living. Um, if you go to college, you probably have an idea of what you want to do. Megan, I know your career path is a little bit different, and um, I am actually excited to, to talk to you about that because okay. you, I know for a fact that you took a little bit of a different route, but um, that's that can be very um, similar for other people as well. So let me go over quickly the description. This one is a little bit longer. Um, are we ever 100% sure what we want to do for the rest of our lives? If we're lucky, we get to do something we love and are passionate about. But in most cases, the reality is that we just take what we can get so that we can pay the bills. Discovering your career path is a journey that you should think about strategically to follow your true passion at work. In this episode, we'll look at examples of career paths you can take to meet your goals and find satisfaction in your work. Um, so I don't have too many questions for you, really. We're going to talk about just some general topics. Uh, I do want to um, quickly talk about what each of you do for the company. Uh, Megan, you'll probably say this description a few times since you're on so many episodes. Um, but uh, for me specifically, so my fancy title, as I like to call it, is the um, integrated communications and marketing specialist for the company. So what that basically means is that I get to make cool stuff like this podcast, um, put it out and hopefully get some uh, reactions from folks in the virtual world. So a lot of the stuff that I create is um, digital. So it lives on Spotify, it lives on YouTube, it lives on LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere that you uh, consume the Workhouse on podcast or any other content that we're pu um, putting out. Um, there's a lot more that I do. I do a lot of internal kind of, I guess, secret stuff for the company too. Um, but a lot of what I'm focusing on now is external communication. So that's reaching out to make sure that people are aware of us Avian as a company. Uh, Megan, do you wanna go next? Sure. So I am the recruiter here. So I probably will say that a couple of times. <laughs> well, I'm one of the recruiters. So on the recruiting team and I get to do all the fun stuff like hiring. So that's what I do. Um, we, my partner and I, who I'm sure you'll hear a lot from with Sarah, we kind of split the sectors normally. So we um, both work with different groups and kind of just collectively get to talk to people all day. We get to, I joke that I talk for a living. That's all I ever do. So I get to, <laughs> I get to talk and hire people. It's a fun time. And Mel, I know your official title is college administrator. What does that mean? So I work for supporting a college within Navair. So the College of Program Management is one of many colleges that falls under Navair. And we at Avian have our own instructors that create content. And then I take their content and edit it, um, provide graphics if necessary. I will um, stitch their books together and provide um, also now that we've gone into a web-based platform, we, I provide all the technical support to help folks get into classes. I work with the students to make sure that they've got everything that they need. And um, I also work with other colleges as well, providing support to them when they need it. Right. Yeah. And your role actually falls under communications as well, correct? Kind of, kind it's of, kind yeah. of, it, it's kind of a split between admin support and communications mm -hmm. because I'm requ I'm responsible for providing all the um, strategic communication plans and support for our college 
Um, but I also do kind of the, the behind the scenes work to get all the classes set up, make sure the instructors have what they need, all the classrooms are booked if we're in person, things like that. Great, yeah. Cool, so let's jump into career paths and discovering our career paths. Um, I wanna start super basic uh, in, I don't know, a sentence or two. Can you define what a career path is to you guys? You can go first. <laughs> I always go first. So, so a, a career path to a normal person versus a career path to me, a, a lot of folks kind of have an idea of, you know, what, what they want to do. You know, you start very young and, you know, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a teacher, which is kind of where I started. I, I wanted to be a teacher. But then as I progressed and found I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do, I knew the kinds of work I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to work in communications. I wanted to provide support to people. Um, so for me, my career path was kind of an all over the place, just trying to figure out where I fit and getting a college degree that doesn't have a whole lot to do with what I do now and um, finding different ways to provide support. Yeah, and we'll talk about some more like general career paths here in a second, um, but there are definitely, your career path whoever you are, your career path is going to be different and mm -hmm. that's absolutely fine. Um, but there are definitely, uh, roles like education or, um, the other example I have is at a restaurant that your career path is pretty much, um, laid out, uh, the same way. So Megan, what, how would you define a career path? I think that's about, about right. I think for me, um, it was kind of figuring out cause I was also one of those people who didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do when I came across the job that I started doing. Um, so I think it's kind of where do you want to be and then what steps do you need to take, like what trainings do you need to do, what else can you do to kind of move further and that. So I think just mapping that out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me give you the official definition. Um, a career path is made up of, of the positions you hold as you grow in your field. Your first job or college degree, for example, can mark the beginning of your career path as you gain additional knowledge and skills. You may progress or move vertically into more advanced roles. Some employees also move laterally into equal but different job roles as they specialize or change career paths. And actually, as I read this, I'm just thinking about exactly what's going on at our company right now. And um, we're actually, Avian is putting together this, I don't think this is secret information. We're putting together <laughs> um, this career path model that lays out exactly what that definition just defined, um, ways that we can move um, up and ways that we can move straight across. Um, so when you're looking for a new job, um, potentially a question to ask in your interview is, do you have some sort of model that is laid out so I know exactly how I can grow within um, a company? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about those couple examples I have really fast. Um, so for just like a natural progression, um, jobs that you probably are gonna start somewhere and end somewhere, um, education is definitely an easy one to, to comprehend. Um, you start as well, in college, you would start as a student and then a student teacher. Um, you would then move to a teacher. Um, there are probably a lot of steps in between this step and the next step, but um, next step might be a curriculum coordinator. The next step after that could be an assistant principal and then principal. And then if you are really in love with the politics of schools, maybe superintendent or um, assistant superintendent and then superintendent. The other example I have is restaurant. So um, dishwasher, prep cook, line cook, sous chef, chef de cuisine, and executive chef. Um, 
So those are very common. Um, they, it's like I said, it's just easy to comprehend that you start at as a teacher and your end is going to be a principal or above that. Um, are there? Let's talk about our career paths. I guess would be the next place I want to go with this. Um, so for me, um, I started out as um, a communications specialist or manager. My, my official title was manager, but it really was like a specialist role um, at a nonprofit organization right out of college. Um, that really helped me get a feel for what I would be doing in a communication field um, and uh, set my basically my groundwork for where I wanted to go in my communications career. Um, I discovered a lot during those first few years in, in um, in that role and then uh, was able to move to Avian where I supported um, Avian is a government contractor. You'll hear my spiel about that probably in the middle of this podcast, um, but Avian is a government contractor. So I supported a program office on base. Um, from there, I realized that I might not like that as much as I do the corporate side of communication. So I um, luckily was able to move to the corporate side. Uh, did uh, a lot of internal communications. That's just where we were as a company doing mostly internal communications at the time and now um, doing external communications, uh, which is very exciting. Um, Megan, I'd mentioned this earlier. I think I, I personally think that your path is pretty interesting, so you can explain it more. But from what I, from what I understand is that um, you started at a, as like a, I'm going to speak out of turn probably, but you started as like at a, a therapy mm -hmm. clinic type place mm -hmm. um, and then moved to recruiter, but you're pursuing a communications degree. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I guess that you can explain that more. And then where I'd like you to wrap it up is like where you see yourself going with your communications degree. Okay. So first of all, I want to kind of touch base on something you said though. I think it is cool in the career pathing area that you're able to kind of really discover what you like and don't like right. and then you were able to act on that to move forward with a new position so i think that's one of the beauties of that um so when i actually graduated high school i started working at wawa <laughs> so i kind of got into the world of um customer service and working with people and i actually did go to tech center for hospitality and tourism so i was kind of in that world and then i moved to a jewelry store and there i got i became a store manager so i learned a lot about just being a manager and like handling all the day-to-day -day of that. Um, so then when I went to my last company, which was a behavioral health organization, I actually did love it. I loved working with people, um, but that's where I discovered, because I started off as an EA, as an executive assistant, and I just kind of found myself gravitating more towards wanting to do more HR things. Like I wanted to help hire and I wanted to figure all that out. So when that position became available, I moved into that. Then it came to Avian, found Avian, and I enjoy, again, I just really like talking, if you guys don't know. That's why I'm on all these, all of these episodes. <laughs> so I talk all the time. Uh, but so I found that recruiting was definitely something as far as like in this world, in the HR world, and in a corporate world, that is what I enjoy the most. Um, so I enjoy doing that. And yeah, so I'm pursuing my communications degree. You guys have probably heard me say this a million thousand times, but I have a YouTube channel. So I do YouTube. I do podcasts. I do things like that. And my communications degree is a major in communications, a minor in psychology. 
Um, and I am in like life coach certification classes and things like that because that's the route I want to go is be able to do like more motivational speaking and make a career out of that. Like ultimately in the long run, that would be the ideal to be the next Tony Robbins and be able to do things like that. Uh, so that's kind of where my career path is looking on a more personal level, but I'd still like to stay within the recruiting world in a job level, I guess, if that makes sense, because I very much do enjoy it. And I think they've both helped me. Um, they work hand in hand, being able to work with people. I've learned a lot about what I do personally and then vice versa. It's, it, it's helped me be able to connect more with my managers, with candidates, with things like that. So it's been really helpful to have both of those. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see where a communications degree leads down. It, personally, I know that it leads down multiple paths. It mm -hmm. opens so many doors. Um, for my communications degree, we did like so many general studies um, where it was like you had to take a public speaking class. You mm -hmm. had to take, um, now I can't think of them, public relations classes. Yeah. You had to take graphics classes, video classes. So um, you kind of got like this taste of um, what's to come and you were able to decide to, if you wanted to expand on um, some of those courses and some yeah. of the knowledge that you learn in those courses. Um, which I did personally, I didn't take more of those courses, but it's like, now we have YouTube. So we just go to YouTube, watch a video every <laughs> night about making videos and we're yeah. learning probably, I don't want to talk bad about college because I really loved my college experience, but we're probably learning a lot of the same stuff that we did in college mm -hmm. for free on YouTube. Definitely. Mel, what about your career path? So uh, I started working, I'm a bit of a workaholic, I started working when I was 13 years old and I started working at um, a Sunday school just as a teacher's assistant. Right. And um, all through high school I had jobs in customer service like Golden Corral and um, working in coffee shops. I got my first position over the summer, I worked as an intern for Viridian Engineering in their recruiting department. Um, in fact, my supervisor was Kat Springer, who I oh, later became, reconnected with um, because she's an avian employee, but that was when I was 16, so almost 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, so after I was leaving high school, I decided that I wanted to chase my passions and get a degree in theater. Um, specifically, I liked the management aspects of theater, which is about as nerdy as it comes, like theater <laughs> paperwork. Right. But I really loved stage management. It allowed me to kind of be part of every aspect of a production and also be the one that's kind of responsible for bringing them all together and um, making sure that everything ran smoothly. It was a nice, like, high-stress, high-energy position. Um, so when I left college and I was like, okay, well... Not really interested in going to Broadway or doing national tours. I was really kind of struggling with, okay, I have this theater degree. What do I do now? So I obviously did what every person with a theater degree does and started waitressing and um, found some through waitressing. I was chatting with customers and found out that they needed temporary assistance in this emergency service company that did like fire and water and mold remediation. And I started working with them, and I was basically an on-call person for when an emergency struck somebody's house. And that homeowner would call me, and I would coordinate all the, the, the cleaners to come out and things like that. And I loved that position because it was, again, high energy, high stress. You're, you're helping people when they're 
feeling most like mm-hmm. critical about um, you know what's going on around them. And um, I, from there, like I, I worked in the, in that industry for several years, and then I moved into um, I wanted something that was a little bit more nine to five because I was on call all the time with that other position, and I started working for a hearth and patio company that did like chimney sweeping and was their scheduler. And I kind of liked that job because I had all these different technicians and based on where they were going, I had to fit the puzzle and, and make sure that we could get as much, as much um, efficiency out of each person to make sure that they could get as much jobs done as possible. And um, within that company, I then moved up to do, um, I was their personnel manager and did all of their accounting and um, hiring and things like that. Uh, I really liked that that position, but after six years, I I started to get antsy. And s- my sister worked at Avian, and she was always talking about what a great company it was. And I started actively pursuing positions within Avian. And I must have applied for thirty jobs. And at the <laughs> time, I remember thinking, "Oh, I don't have any D- like DoD experience. Like I don't. I, I'm just learning all these acronyms. I'm not of any value <laughs> to this company." And, um, like now that I work here, I realize, you know, there's so many experience thing, experiences that I've learned from other positions that have absolutely prepared me for the position that I have with Avian. And in fact, it it was like, I want to say it was like my 14th or 15th job that I applied for at Avian that, um, uh, actually, it was after I had applied so many times, the uh, HR Kelly had contacted me and said, hey, we have a position opening and, you know, I encourage you to apply. What she didn't know that I was in the hospital in labor with my second oh. son at the time. <laughs> and so from my hospital bed, I was applying for this position and I got lucky and I got it. And I started like just as some graphic support help and have moved up with Avian and now, like, my goal is to move forward toward maybe, like, a program management position um, because I do like being that person that's, like, the point of contact and kind of helping to keep everything moving as um, as deadlines approach and um, as teams are kind of getting formed. So that's my career path. I was also the Easter Bunny for a little while, so it's, I've really <laughs> been all over the place. <laughs> I, I hope you include that on your resume still. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think one of the really important things when you are looking for um, a new job or to transition uh, your career is to make sure that wherever you're looking has that clear path. And um, like I said, at Avian, we are setting that up so that um, it's literally on paper of how you will progress within the company. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know what I'm going to get in trouble for. Um, (laughs) But uh, that's really exciting and definitely something to look at in new companies. Um, I had something for you, Megan. I don't remember what it was, but we'll just keep going with it. Uh, what are some steps I remember now? Um, also very important. That's This is how my brain works. Sometimes I remember and then okay. it just hits back. Um, the uh, really important thing to remember, and maybe that's not the right way to say that, but um, Mel, when you were talking about how Kelly reached out to you after you applied 14 or 15 times, um, that is something that... I know Megan and Sarah are super good about when you apply to Avian, it's not like you're just applying for that single job. Mm -hmm. Um, Your resume is then put into our recruiting system. And if something pops up a couple days later, um, Megan and Sarah will reach out to you and say, hey, 
I saw that you applied for this job, but I think you might yep. fit this other job better. Um, so definitely, as Mel um, said, perseverance is key. Don't ever give up on applying, especially if you love a company and you know that um, they'll be able to do some great things for you. Yeah. Don't don't stop applying after that first time because um, every application, and I don't know, maybe this gets annoying, but I would assume that every application you put in helps the recruiter see your name more and more. Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely see certain names often, I think, and that's another part of recruiting that I personally like. It's sometimes you're not the best fit for one position, but it's a lot of fun to be able to kind of we obviously see you're actively pursuing it, so we really want to put you in the company. It's just a matter of when we have something that opens. Um, another thing I would suggest is a lot of um, companies, including Avian, have like a future opportunities tab where we have a just because or an evergreen job that you can apply to. And that just puts your resume into the system. And, you know, as recruiters, we can do like keyword searches based on what experience you have, what degree, things like that that you may have. So it's really important to put all those things on your resume. And we've had a resume um, episode before, but I think it's important to make sure you add those things because it does help us, even if you don't see an active job, to be able to find you in the future. So we definitely, and yeah, if, if we see you've applied, uh, most of our ATS is the applicant tracking system. When we click on your name, it'll show us how many more jobs you've applied to. So that obviously still looks, I mean, it looks good, too, that you're actively trying to get into the company. Yeah. And again, I had a point, and now it's gone. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> not your fault, just my I'll, brain right now. I, if you don't mind go, me adding yeah, on, I'll ahead. also say that Avian does a really good job, and I know a lot of companies do this, where it, employee referrals, if you know somebody that works within that company that can also submit your resume or speak or um, submit or speak on your behalf, that's also a great path in. Um, I've had a lot of folks that have reached out to me because they'll see my Facebook posts all the time. My God, my company is so awesome. I love it here. And they'll be like, how do I get in there? Like I've, I've applied, mm -hmm. like, are there certain jobs that I should be looking for? Or can I reach out to certain people? And I said, well, send me your resume and let me, you know, forward it along and speak pra your praises because, and it helps people kind of make additional connections with that, with that piece of paper. So Avian does a really great job with that in, in encouraging employee referrals. Yeah, and my point was that, um, so those future opportunity postings that Megan was talking about, uh, Avian actually has teams pretty much on the West Coast and on the East Coast, um, up and down the East Coast. So make sure that if you live in Florida and want a job in Florida, you apply under the Panama City Beach mm -hmm. future opportunities. If you live in San Diego, apply under that one because we want to make sure that you're unless not, you're willing to travel. I mean, unless you're, yeah, willing to move. To move. I mean, <laughs> if I put my resume under San Diego, does that that should count, right? Um, I'll move out to San Diego. That's what I said about Florida. I was like, send me down to the Florida office. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the last thing I just want to talk about are some steps that you can take uh, to potentially choose a career path. I have some examples written down already. Um, and every example that I've talked about during this podcast is actually from an Indeed article, so I can um, link that when this goes live. Uh, are there any steps specifically that you guys think someone should take to um, map out what their career path looks like? Yeah, I think uh, if you're like me and you don't know what you want to do, it's really about finding what you're passionate about and what you like. And 
um, one of the things that I actually recently did before getting this job was I actually sat down with somebody who was a business coach and I kind of like told them what I liked and what I didn't like. And it was helpful to have somebody else get all of my thoughts out of my head and process it and and something that made sense because I had so many thoughts of what I did and didn't like. So I think maybe, you know, kind of getting advice, you can do that from a college counselor or anything like that. So being able to sit down with somebody who you either look up to or who is there, that's their job to guide you and finding that. And another thing that I found helpful because I'm a vision person is I actually have a vision board of like where I want to go, what I want to do and when timeframes I want to do it. So that's literally above my bed like I can see it every day and it, and it helps me be able to check things off um even even a checkbox like my phone and my notes tab is full of stuff so it can check off if I win and when things are getting done where it's getting done things like that so I think having that organization based on how you organize personally it has been helpful for me and I think that's one of the biggest things is being able to kind of get it all down and then see the steps to get there. Yeah. I think it's super important to be realistic too. You can't be yeah. like f- using that education example. You can't be like, Oh, I'm going to be a teacher and then immediately jump to principal. There's steps in between there that you need to take. And I, you really need to be realistic with yourself of what those steps are and how long uh, it's going to take to get there. And patient. Um, yes. Patient with being yourself. patient with yourself. Um, the other thing I want to mention along the same lines of what you were just talking about. Um, and we will be doing a podcast about this in the future, um, really utilizing those community resources that are in your community. Um, there are free resources where you can go and like Megan was saying, talk to somebody about what that career path may look like. Um, Mel, anything to add on? Um, I would say that, uh, one thing that's always been a tool in my tool belt when it came to looking into a new position or career field is um, the ability to be a little bit bold and reach out to other people that are in that career path. Uh, You can always find contact information typically online for people in different positions. I remember when I was looking into, um, you know, pursuing stage management, I was planning a weekend trip to New York and I sent emails to stage managers. Hey, what's your job like? And I got invitations to come shadow them. Mm -hmm. It was really, it's really great to get those opportunities. And most people, if they're passionate about what they do and they love what they do, they love sharing what they do. So if you're bold and you reach out and ask those questions, you'll get those, that honest, the honest answers that you're looking for and can move forward in potentially pursuing that path. Yes. Yeah. Great, great points. Um, Quickly, I have this list of like nine steps that Indeed outlined. Um, So I just want to go over that quickly and then we'll wrap it up because we are right around 30 minutes. Um, So what they basically say is to, at the very first step, to outline your career goals, um, create a five to 10 year plan, discover your personality type, super important. We did a podcast on that in the past. Um, review, Review your previous experiences, Compare job requirements to your education, uh, assess your current skill set, take note of your interests, identify your core values, and then consider your salary needs. I would say the salary needs is like bottom of the list. Obviously, you know what you need to make to kind of um, live the life that you want. Um, But at the same time, um, I don't really know that you can put a price on the happiness uh, part of, of what you're doing. So I think the really important ones there are to take note of your interests and identify your core values. Because um, if you don't know, if you go into a job that you hate and but you and you know that you are going to hate it, uh, it's going to be a miserable time for you. So definitely figure out what your interests and core values are before you 
make your next career goal or change or transition, I guess. <laughs> and I would say that that salary requirement is probably more so something like as you are, um, I don't know, later in life changing career paths. For me, mm-hmm. when I decided to come to Avian, I had to think about that because I had two kids and a house yep. and, and that sort of stuff. And so my happiness important, but I needed to kind of know where I was going in. So yeah. if you're fresh and, and young and starting out, that's very, very accurate. You can wiggle that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So any last minute advice or tips about career pathing that we want to talk about? I would just say, don't be afraid to take those risks, Mm -hmm. you know, and that goes with being bold because sometimes you're taking a jump off the life raft, which is something that everybody's like, you're used to the comfort and things that you need as far as the money, as far as what you're used to. But if you're passionate about something or you love something or even just want to try something new, it's important to kind of give yourself that freedom to do so all while still being stable because most of us have kids or some type of priorities <laughs> and responsibilities, but still, you know, being willing to do that, I think is super important. And then you'll kind of go and grow from there. Yeah. And don't be scared to invest the time into yourself to learn something new. Like you said, those YouTube videos, I, all of my graphic design experience, I couldn't do any of it before I came to AVN. Yeah. And I am a YouTube graduate. Anytime a <laughs> customer would ask me for something, I'd be like, I can absolutely do that for right. you. Yeah. And then I would quickly YouTube how to actually do that for them. <laughs> yeah. And you learn very quickly. And there's a lot of tools out there that weren't there even when I graduated college. Mm-hmm. So yeah. utilizing them is, is really a good idea. Yeah. And again, we did have a podcast on online resources where we talk about YouTube. We talk about some of those paid platforms that are really good if you need a step above YouTube. Um, but most of the time, YouTube is a pretty solid uh, place to hey. go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you, Mel and Megan, for joining me today on this episode. And I will see everybody next time. Hi. Thanks Bye. for having us. Thanks for having me. <laughs>